Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk about sleep and people with cancer. We're continuing on our topics that aren't often considered in the very beginning stages of cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment, but definitely affect a lot of people and should be given ample time to explore. It's a topic that deserves awareness and recognition as a true problem with many people. It's crucial to your wellness but often enough not identified as a problem until it's been going on for too long. And maybe identifying the problem early can avoid developing problems. Sleep and problems sleeping is a common problem heard in many clinics. Problems include being able to fall asleep, more commonly being able to stay asleep, Coincidentally, these are the same problems that are common among aging people. As we grow older, we have more sleep disturbances. When you throw cancer into the equation, things become confounded or add to the problem. Things like pain. Maybe somebody is in so much pain it's difficult to sleep. Or maybe somebody's in so much pain that they're taking medication that keeps them asleep most of the day and awake most of the night. Many of the side effects related to cancer and its treatment, such as nausea and diarrhea, would keep somebody going to the bathroom. Interestingly, there are studies about people who have a history of lack of sleep and the connection to cancer. There are studies that have shown that people who work odd shifts may have an increased risk of cancer, and the studies on anxiety and depression affecting both cancer risks and cancer treatment that disrupt sleep. We know that insomnia or difficulty with sleep can be a problem for survivors for years or longer. So what do we do? Getting too much sleep might affect your ability to manage a day or get in the activity that you might need. Taking too many naps can be a problem in getting a nice, effective, restorative sleep at night. When you feel extra weak or tired all the time because of your cancer or your emotions or your anxiety your treatment side effects, you may become more fatigued and that also disrupts sleep. Things that you may not have considered, like having no hair, can affect your temperature, making you cooler at night than you normally like it. And you may need to wear a nightcap to help with sleep. Having hot flashes and night sweats that are common with some hormonal therapies can affect your sleep. Neuropathy and leg cramps are also another common issue or restless leg syndrome that can be so uncomfortable that when you're trying to fall asleep, it becomes impossible. We know that sleep apnea or stopping breathing while you're sleeping Oftentimes, snorers have this issue, disrupts sleep as well. P. 
people who have sleep apnea and have been diagnosed with this condition sleep with a machine called a CPAP that helps get the oxygen into the lungs and helps continue breathing that allows for a more restorative sleep. But if you think about cancer that affects your airways, your head, your neck, your lungs, this can lead to sleep apnea, whether it be temporary or permanent, or disruption in patterns of how you breathe, that maybe you could benefit from a device like a CPAP. We know that the body requires a good restorative sleep, usually six to nine hours in a night. Some people need a little bit more, some people need a little bit less, but that restorative sleep helps repair your normal cells and helps maintain a good balance of getting the waste products from cancer treatment and dying cancer cells into the waste system. When people don't get enough sleep, they can be more irritable, their memory can be affected, any anxiety or depression can be magnified. There's a risk for having accidents or falling when you are not fully rested. It is such a common discussion that it's probably my most frequently discussed topic for all cancer types and in all phases of cancer treatment and survivorship. We talk about sleep hygiene. That's the medical term for developing simple, good sleeping habits. Of course, if it was that simple, why would it be such a common topic? Experts say that we need to follow a regular schedule. You pick your time that you're gonna to go to bed and keep that schedule as much as possible. Even on the weekends, even when you're traveling, even when you are working around your treatment schedules. Avoid napping, especially later in the day or in the evening. Of course, for our cancer patients, this is where it gets tricky. We know that some rest is good when you're overworked. You need to listen to your body and stop. The goal would then be to not fall asleep, but to sit and have a good rest without falling asleep if possible. If you do fall asleep, keep the nap short. Experts say that it should be around 20 to 30 minutes. When we discuss sleep, it's important to mention the circadian rhythms that our body has as an internal clock that affect hormone production and release. It affects our brain function and overall wellness. It's a sleep-wake pattern over a course of 24 hours that keeps our system running regularly without much thought process. Cells in our brain respond to light and dark. Our eyes visualize the changes in the environment that signal when it's time to get up and time to go to sleep. Besides melatonin, there's cortisol that affects our wakefulness. Our temperatures and metabolism are all part of the circadian rhythm as well. Many people with sleep disturbances name getting up to go to the bathroom as a big disturbance. The disturbance of increasing urination at night is called nocturia. 
as we age and prostates grow larger and muscles grow weaker, nocturia becomes more prevalent. Some studies indicate that there's a malfunction in the circadian rhythm that increases nocturia. Our circadian rhythms could be changed because of chemicals we're taking for cancer therapy, because of radiation, because of surgery, hospital stays, because of cancer itself. We can reset our circadian rhythm by using good sleep hygiene. You might need to work to get that back on track. Maybe avoiding night shift while you're dealing with cancer, if that is possible as most cancer treatments will be taking place during the day. Keeping a good routine at nighttime, what do you do before you go to bed? That routine could be for some people reading a book or listening to music, taking a warm shower, but also within sleep hygiene, they tell you not to look at a screen, no television or computer or cell phone or tablet as that light can stimulate wakefulness. So if you're reading, you want to read a paper book. Some people respond very well to aromatherapy using lavender is a good way to induce sleep and relaxation. Essential oil in the room, spray on the pillow. Keeping the room darker helps prepare for sleep Keeping the room at a comfortable temperature is also important. Not too cold, not too hot. Another tip that is often on the list of good sleep hygiene is to use your bedroom only for sleep and sex. It's supposed to be an environment that encourages relaxation as much as possible. Throughout all of our episodes, we have a running theme of how important diet and exercise are to overall wellness. It's also important to good sleep hygiene, including eating well throughout the day, but avoid eating heavy foods a few hours before your bedtime. Caffeine and alcohol can both interfere with sleep. If you do have an alcoholic drink before bedtime because it helps you relax, it makes it harder for you to stay asleep. Herbal teas like lavender tea or sleepy time tea or just plain warmer temperature water with some lemon in it are things that could potentially be a nice addition to your bedtime routine. Exercise is also an extremely good way to ensure a good restorative sleep at night as well. Again, not too close to bedtime because that revs up the heart rate, the endorphins that might stimulate wakefulness. But picking a time, even if it is 5 o'clock in the evening, and then picking a bedtime three or more hours later would be a good idea for you. Or maybe morning exercise a walk around the block when it's light and clear outside before the day gets going could be beneficial. If you're not to a point where the word exercise sounds like anything you can participate in, any kind of movement is important to circulating all that good nutrition to feed the healthy cells and have your whole system ready to attack the unhealthy cells and get the waste 
to the waste system. There are sleep medicines out there that can help with sleep, but again, that has to be very specific to what your issues are, what kind of side effects you're having, and how would that medication help or not help. If you're having restless legs, for instance, there might be a medicine for you. There might be a cream for your neuropathy. There might be a variety of options. An often discussed question is, what about melatonin? Melatonin is a hormone that your brain produces already, and it's produced in response to darkness. It doesn't make you sleep, but with your natural melatonin levels rising in the evening, it puts you into a more relaxed state that helps promote sleep. And most people will produce enough melatonin on their own. Melatonin is also produced in supplemental form that could potentially be used on a short-term basis for maybe something like jet lag or trying to change your sleep pattern to go to sleep earlier. While it may be helpful for some temporarily, it does require a good conversation with your team. Melatonin may interfere with diabetics because it can also raise blood sugar levels and it also can increase blood pressure, just like any other over-the-counter or medication or herbal supplement. All of these have potential risks and benefits that should be discussed with the healthcare provider. Talking to your team about what specific issues you're having that might be interfering with your sleep and what resources that might be very specific to your needs. There are non-medicated options that you can explore as well, especially in our ever-present topic of self-advocacy here on Cancer Perspective. There are sleep apps that might be an option for you. Some people respond well to sound therapy like ASMR, one of my favorites, brown noise, white noise, pink noise, other noises maybe lullabies. Maybe you could benefit from cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT or relaxation therapy. There are sleep trackers that we have on our watches or even beds nowadays that can monitor our sleep and give us ideas. We've discussed aromatherapy. There's meditation apps things that might help you in life overall, not just with your sleep, exploring new ideas and options. There are masks and headphones, earbuds, surround sound. Find something that appeals to you, learn about it and identify if that's going to be an option for you. As I was doing some research, I identified many more options I had not known about. Just like many of the topics that we talk about on Cancer Perspective, we touch on a very broad topic. Your situation is very specific for you. Your team may not have the most up-to-date knowledge about what is available, and you can ask questions about things that you learn and bring new ideas to the team as well. 
Remember that an open dialogue helps you navigate and helps steer you away from things that might not be appropriate for you. What you can do is discuss your issues. Is it staying asleep or falling asleep or waking because of pain, your anxiety keeping you from getting a good restorative sleep? What is your specific concern or have you identified a specific concern that interferes with your sleep? While it is important for your team to understand that you're sleeping well, it is often not a topic that is discussed until it becomes a problem. We at Cancer Perspective want to help you identify that good sleep is crucial to your overall wellness during this time. Remember, this takes a team and you are the leader of the team. Arm yourself with education. Advocate for yourself. We are here for you too. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.